0: Are you a lawyer who desires more freedom and flexibility in your work life? To be more available for your family, stop deferring those bucket list travel destinations until retirement, take care of yourself physically and mentally, or even just have more time for your other passions and priorities. What would it mean for your life if you could continue to practice law without sacrificing in any of these areas or sacrificing your income? I'm Kaylee Giacome, host of the Lawyer on Your Terms podcast. I run a six-figure virtual law practice working less than 25 hours a week. I'm a mom of two little ones and started my practice so I wouldn't have to choose between my vision of motherhood and my legal career. Your dreams and priorities may be different, but if you're curious about how to create a practice that is designed around your most important priorities in life, rather than always having to fit your life around your career, then you're in the right place. You, my friend, are more than just a lawyer and you can lawyer on your own terms. Welcome to the Lawyer on Your Terms podcast. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Lawyer on Your Terms. So today we are going to jump into a topic that we can only begin to scratch the surface of, and that is the question of the 20th and 21st century. Can you really have it all? Now, spoiler alert, as we will get into, I believe that the answer to this question really depends on what it all is to you, and in your endeavor to have it all, what proportion of each thing do you expect to have before arriving at your definition of it all? Now, I think in our culture, from at least the 1960s in significant degree, though before that time as well, to present This conversation of having it all most commonly centers around whether a woman can have a fulfilling and successful career and also be a present and involved mother. As I was collecting my thoughts for this episode, I was remembering an elective course that I took in college called Feminism and Motherhood and really wishing that I still had those course materials not because they particularly like encompassed some wisdom that would help us solve this mystery today, but I remember being very intrigued and just very interested in the whole subject. Mind you, I was a 21-year-old childless girl or woman, but I was very intrigued by the topic. I enjoyed some of the assigned reading and then was also very turned off by some of it. One of the uh, books we were assigned to read was Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. If you, I'm sure you've heard of her before. She's the former CEO of Facebook. And first disclaimer before I'm a bit critical of the book, Sheryl Sandberg is obviously a highly intelligent, incredibly successful, though I have not met her, seems to be very kind and well-intentioned. I'm also sure that her advice in Lean In has been helpful to many young women. Uh, it just wasn't for me. So with that disclaimer aside, I not only felt a very strong disagreement with her recommendations for young women, but I also had this motivation to like rebel against it. In a nutshell, Cheryl advocates that women should not quote-unquote lean out of the workforce or sit on the sidelines too early in their career, that they should instead lean in to get that corner office, that if you do not yet have children, that your future plan of your career should not necessarily have future decisions that you may make to accommodate your family life in mind. You should put that out of your mind. You should lean in as if that is not going to be a consideration, and you should consider it once that baby is actually in your life, once that baby is born, then you should make those considerations. But by considering it too early, you are going to, she doesn't say it this way, but essentially shoot yourself in the foot, disadvantage yourself, and that is not the time to be making those decisions. Specifically, she says, don't leave until you leave. So she, she discusses the dangers if of quietly leaning back, you know, before you are actually ready to take a career hiatus or leave the workforce or go on your maternity leave, whatever it is. But I, that's one piece of advice that I disagree with. I would say, what happens if you fail to consider that you might want to be home for a future period of time, or you fail to consider that you might want more flexibility in the future. I don't think it's a one size fits all. For some careers, it may work out very well to totally lean in. But for others, you may need to make strategic decisions to set yourself up to be able to make that choice much earlier on. I don't think that I don't think that that is advice that can be applied to everybody. Now, with that said, I think the future goal of flexibility might be aided by leaning in for some people. I spent the first year of my marriage 18 hours away from my husband in order to prioritize my career at that time. And the reason that I was prioritizing my career at that time was actually not necessarily just for the sake of my career, but it was so that later on, I felt like I could deprioritize it by choice if I wanted to be at home more. I thought it made sense for me at that time to really build up as strong of a resume as I could, not having entrepreneurship on my mind at all. But in many other ways, there were times very early in my career where you could say that I leaned out with a long-term vision of what I wanted my career to look like in light of what I wanted motherhood and family life to look like as well. So I was at that job 18 hours away from my husband, and then I moved to a lower-paying job, a job that I didn't like as much later on in the city that he lived in. And my choice at that time to do that was truly to prioritize his career then because I wanted him to have a successful career so that I would have the choice to leave the workforce for a time if I wanted to. And what ended up happening was that I really only left the workforce, if you will, for about nine months before starting my own business. That wasn't on my mind at the time. I didn't know exactly how it would go, but I think everything that has happened and the way that I have been able to structure my career and home life was because I had a long-term view of everything. And I knew what my goals, my long-term goals were, what my values were. And every move that we made, I made it with that in mind. So if I had taken the advice to completely put that out of my mind until a baby was in my arms, I don't know that I would have been as set up as I was to make the decision to step back and ultimately to start this business, which has allowed me to bridge both the career and vision of motherhood in the way that I want to. So I would just say that that's a point that I, I take a bit of an issue with from Cheryl Sandberg, that to keep on your foot on the gas until the very last minute that you need to make a decision, it might work for some people. But really, I think you're more going to be aided by having a long-term vision where you are making strategic decisions along the way to achieve your long-term goals. Now this following point it comes from an online summary of Lenin. So I don't know whether this is a direct quote from the book, a paraphrasing of something that Cheryl writes in the book, or if it's simply the words of the summarizer. But it reads at home too, inequality lingers. For example, it is broadly assumed that it is a woman's job to raise children. Now, I think that this statement can be triggering to different people for different reasons. I will admit that on on some small level it's a bit triggering to me, but I would say maybe in an opposite way that that most people would take it, I don't know. I can see how many people would, uh, you know, agree with this and and the thought is that it's Offensive to say that it's a woman's job to raise children. I don't believe that it's solely a woman's job to raise children. I think it is the job of both parents to raise children and that it takes a lot more than just those two parents to successfully raise children. But that's not really where my mind goes when I read this. What kind of triggers me when I read a statement like this is inherent in that statement, if you really consider it carefully is the view that raising children is not a valuable thing, or at least that it's a lot less valuable of a thing than achieving success in the workplace. And that equality means that we all spend our time in the same way in pursuit of success in the same realms. Now, if that's not true, if it's not true that our society elevates career success above other areas of life, then then why haven't we seen like a cultural crisis take place ever, where men are rising up to demand equal representation at home? They want a seat at the kitchen lunch table. I mean, that's a whole other conversation. And I think there are many complex factors at play that have led us to a place in society where external career success is more valued by our society than the inward success of creating a home and raising children. Now, let's forget for a minute what is traditionally considered quote-unquote men's work and what is women's work. Let's remove those labels completely. We, as a society, put corporate success on a plateau. We define success in life by its measuring stick. Whereas domestic success, if you will, well, that's just like cleaning toilets or something, right? It's not just less valuable, it's a box that clips our wings, it demeans us, it causes us to waste our talents, to sacrifice our dreams. And, you know, the message that society sends us is, you really can't have both. So why don't you lean into the realm where you can actually achieve success? And that will be in your career. Now, I'm also reading a book right now from an author who lives on, I think, like a probably totally different planet than Cheryl Sandberg called The Life-Giving Home by Sally Clarkson. Now, I think In our pursuit of trying to create it all, it's very helpful to take in information from, you know, very different sources, both ends of the spectrum and everything in between, because there is there's wisdom across the spectrum. Right. There's no one right answer. And while this book, The Life-Giving Home, actually doesn't address this topic of having it all or balancing career and home life whatsoever, there was one line that I thought was really poetic and, and just very an interesting description of what a home is. So Clarkson describes a home as a sanctuary designed to preserve all that is precious in life. And I think that communicates a very different value of creating and, and keeping and managing a home and usually within that raising children then the message that we get from a lot of other areas in life, especially as educated, high-achieving women. So you can imagine, you know, the the common conversation of, oh, what do you do for a living? I'm, I'm a civil litigator, or something like that. Uh, what do you do? Oh, I just stay at home. That's a common, bit, you know, a common conversation that you might hear uh an uncommon conversation that you might hear is what do you do oh i create and keep a sanctuary to design and preserve all that is precious in life what do you do oh i just go to an office that's not uh, that's not how we communicate the value or what's involved in creating and keeping a home versus having you know any kind of high power career that is put on a pedestal by by our society. But there's no reason that you couldn't describe it that way. So I think the language that we use to describe these different things is really powerful in how, maybe even subconsciously, we view their differing values. Well, that's a combination of my takeaways of lean-in and just general musings on our societal views, but both now and then I personally reject this idea that leaning in is a one-size-fits-all way of staying in the workforce as a woman. My problem with that back when I was taking this feminism and motherhood course years and years ago and now is you can't just give a one-size-fits-all piece of advice to people like that. We don't all want the same things. And even when we do, we don't all want those things in the same proportions. If you're ready to build and grow a flexible virtual law practice, whether you're going solo for the first time or you have an existing practice, but would like to be able to work less without sacrificing your income, Mm -hmm. our signature program, The Accelerator, is for you. The Accelerator is a six-month private, done-with-you mentorship program to provide you with the exact steps, strategies, and support that you need to build, launch, and grow a flexible virtual law practice. There's honestly nothing else in the marketplace like the Accelerator, and we take a holistic approach to building a flexible law firm around the most important priorities in your life. Our unique combination of training materials, templates, and private mentoring will fast-track your transformation from burnout and missing out to a lawyer who looks forward to Monday mornings. By the end of the program, you will not only have all the information and tools you need to launch your flexible virtual firm, but we will have built out many of the back end components of your firm together. You'll have a clear, personalized and actionable business plan to operate and grow your practice with the confidence and support to do it. And last but certainly not least, you'll join a network of like minded attorneys to grow with. Enrollment for the Accelerator is open now at LawyerOnYourTerms.com slash Accelerator we're also not all designed the same way. We're not all designed to excel at the things that we want in the same proportions. And if a particular definition of being a present and involved mother threatens your definition of a fulfilling and successful career, and whatever measure of sacrifice is required of your career to achieve that standard leaves you out of alignment, leaves you unhappy, it's it's not what you envision for your life then the proportions are wrong but the same is also true in the reverse so if you are required to sacrifice your vision of what you want motherhood to be in order to pursue your definition of career success and and disclaimer i mean something that involves going beyond the needs of your family, because I'm going to assume, you know, for this thought exercise that meeting your family's needs one way or another is part of your definition of parenting success. But the point I'm making here is there is a price to pay for every decision we make. I'm not going to put my definitions of success on you because you and I are different people. We have different desires and we have different circumstances. But I really think we have entered into a period of history where, thanks to technology, it's never been easier to create a life that represents what it means to have it all to you in your unique portions of each thing. Now, this this whole topic is a tough topic to talk about. You know, we have the mommy wars. There's two polar ways of of doing this thing. and that's something that I really want no part in. I realize this conversation thus far, I've risked sounding a bit one-sided and, you know, critical toward the whole lean-in approach. But I think that this is an important part of a, a greater conversation, a greater conversation that millennial women and Gen Z and Gen X women are having that's part of an evolution. So we had the Gloria Steinem generation, then we have the Cheryl Sandberg generation. And I believe the, the current generation is more of the mindset of, of course, I can have it all. And I'll tell you what it's going to look like for me. And again, if this if this sounds bias at all, if I've I've sounded bias at all. It's not because I think you need to be at home at all, or that I even think that you need to be at home more than you currently are. It's really that personally, in my own pursuit as a female lawyer to quote unquote have it all, I have felt more challenge in going against the grain of choosing to work less. So at no point in my life, and I am, you know, really privileged and blessed for this to be so because i am standing on on the shoulders of giants at no way at no point in my career have i felt the need to fight for you know the right or the ability or the opportunity to have a successful career i am very grateful for that more so i have felt that in my own journey it's in working less and being at home more and somehow balancing that desire with my desire to remain in the workforce and remain in the practice of law, that's where I have felt the challenge or the sense that I'm going against the grain. And I guess it's through that personal experience that some of these statements that I've you know, shared with you almost like stir up in me a desire to defend motherhood. Not because everyone needs to do it the same way, but because, as I've shared with you, I feel like there are so many ways in which we devalue it and that it is worth defending. All right, so with that, let's get back to this original question. Can you really have it all? Again, I think that depends on your definitions and the proportions of each thing that you have. So I want to share an analogy with you that represents my view on this question. I'm currently on this nutrition plan that tracks macros. So that's the amount of carbs, proteins, fats, and fiber I'm consuming each day. The program encourages whole foods, but it also allows you flexibility in your choices. So I can eat almost anything I want, but I'm going to be limited in how much of that food I can have. And if I really splurge on a meal that's super high in carbs or something, that is going to impact my other choices that are available to me for subsequent meals that day. So for example, a Starbucks mocha is just, it's my comfort thing. It's my motivation thing. It's a very important thing to me. So much so that on my low-carb day, I'm willing to spend basically all my carb allowance on this drink and because of that by the end of the day on low carb day I can't even afford the carbs required for cauliflower for dinner. So this program also uses what's called carb cycling so there are only two days of low carb each week. it's Mondays and Tuesdays. the regular days all the other days of the week are regular macro days they call them so typically I can afford both the mocha and the cauliflower rice or, Maybe even regular rice, but not on Mondays and Tuesdays. So, on those two nights of the week, it is meat and veggies for me for dinner, thanks to those mochas. There's a price to pay for every decision, and that is a price that I am willing to pay. Now, when it comes to balance, if you will, of having a successful career while being a present and involved mother, of course, like like those metrics are a lot less quantifiable than grams of protein or grams of carbs. However, if we imagine one like extreme stereotypical version, if you will, of the career woman on steroids versus the extreme stereotypical version of the stay-at-home mom on on steroids, like high-performing stay-at-home mom, high-performing career woman, really the same person, and this is in the extremes, right, the extreme stereotype, the same person will probably not be able to embody both perfectly. Or should I say like the extreme of those in the same season, maybe in different seasons of their life, they could embody both, but not really in the same season, unless we change the target on each a bit. Because the truth is we are human beings. We are limited by time and space. You know, even life in general, sickness, relationship problems, and a whole long list of other things besides children can make extreme career success a very difficult thing to achieve. A difficult thing to achieve if we are defining it by societies and, you know, being some kind of like Mary Poppins Stepford wife mom, that can be. Equally challenging endeavor, even if that is your sole focus. So, to put some nouns and verbs to this contrast, it seems to me that it would be quite impossible to work 60, 70 hours a week, travel for work, and then also pick your kids up from school at 3 p.m., do homework with them, like, so I don't know, so their Halloween costumes while you're baking sourdough bread and be the PTA president. It seems like all of that in one season of life would be particularly impossible. However, if you redefined what success in motherhood looked like and what success in your career looked like, you know, in light of this unfortunate fact that we are limited by time and space on planet Earth, and you begin to customize your schedule, customize your macros, if you will, to fit your preferences. How would you do that? How, how would you customize your schedule and spend your time? My whole business and personal life is like one grand endeavor, and probably it is for you too, one grand endeavor to have it all on my terms. I filled out a questionnaire for something a few months back, and it asked me to rank my career satisfaction, and I placed it at a nine. Not a 10, because I don't know. It seemed a little extreme and like definitely some components of my work, some components of client work specifically, they feel like work, you know, and that's fine. But so I gave it a nine. At the same time, I can honestly say I don't have any yearning (laughs) to spend more time with my children than I already do. I have desires and goals on things that i want to do with them during that time things that i want to improve about our rhythm and things like that so it's not it's not that it's perfect but i feel absolutely no deficit of of time with them and i think by even objective standards like we just spend a ton of time together and yet i have ranked my career satisfaction at a 9 No, I do not have a corner office, although actually my desk in our bedroom is in the corner of the house. But I once had an office in lower Manhattan with big windows that had a view of the Hudson River. Now I could not have the life that I have right now if I was there, because I would literally be required to be there and then I would not be here. And even if I had a similar job that was quote unquote flexible with unlimited PTO and I could work from home, it still would could not even compare remotely to the flexibility that I have. I more or less just took the last three weeks off unplanned. I I planned to take some time off of Christmas, but then Life also happened before and after Christmas, so my the work that I did was extremely minimal over the last three weeks, and it's I didn't need to ask permission for that. It's been to no detriment to my business. And funny enough, if you had asked me to rank my career satisfaction back then when I was in New York, even when I didn't have kids, I would have absolutely ranked it lower than a nine. So I do feel like I have it all, but it's according to my own definitions of success and in non-traditional proportions. I, you know, I drink a mocha every day, but twice a week, that costs me even cauliflower. And I'm okay with that because there is a price to pay for every decision you make. And here is my advice to you on having it all and can you have it all. Of course, I'm biased. I love entrepreneurship because of the uncomparable way it has allowed me to achieve this balance, to bridge bridge this gap between pursuing career success and pursuing my vision of motherhood and the amount of time that I want to spend with my kids. Now, even if you have different goals or you don't have children, whatever it is, I'm I'm very biased towards entrepreneurship because I just really love how it allows you to design your life and to design success on your terms. And because of technology, because of systems of automation, the ability to work remotely and the ability to really leverage your the the hourly rate that you command in the workplace with flat rate fees and the automation of technology and software that can do a lot of that work for you, it absolutely is possible to have a successful law practice to work. I work 20 hours a week, probably on average, sometimes less. And if it's more, it's more like 25. Making six figures, you know, way after expenses in my business and hybrid homeschool. Now, I don't even know that I would recommend hybrid homeschooling. I'm still on the fence on it all. But my point is that there's so much that you are capable of doing in the proportions that you choose to do it, the way that you choose to, you know, arrange and customize the macros on your plate. And I think the first step is taking a big step backwards and really focusing on what you, what your vision is for your life right now, this year, next year, in five years and 10 years from now. And that vision will change, it'll evolve, but getting as clear about it as you can and then looking at what would your ideal week look like? Because those weeks are really what make up the rhythms of our entire life. And what would your week look like if you could have a totally white blank slate? And if you were to first pencil in your personal priorities. If you were going to pencil in the time that you needed for yourself to take care of your health, to take care of your own well-being, to spend time with your family, to engage in your hobbies, if you were to pencil that in first and then in the remaining time create a law practice, create a business that allowed you to financially support all of those other goals while also utilizing the experience and the education that you've gained and serving others with all of your talents? What would that schedule look like? Realizing that that is not, is it can't be because you are limited by time and space. It can't be probably you, working on that business 60 to 70 hours a week, but spoiler alert, that's not necessary. It can't be working 60, 70 hours a week, traveling all over the place for work, and, you know, picking your kids up at three, making the sourdough bread in the Halloween costumes. Maybe none of what I do. Maybe you don't want any of that. I don't want to work 60 hours a week, and I certainly don't want to make any sourdough bread. My point is that you can't encompass two extreme versions of a full life because you have one life, but you absolutely can decide what that one life is going to look like for you and what portions of each thing you are going to choose to have, knowing that there is a price to pay for every decision we make. And sometimes the price we pay is way too high. So, I will leave you with all of those thoughts. I'm sure there maybe there were things you agreed with, maybe there were things that you definitely don't agree with. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. If you haven't already joined our Facebook group, it is called Lawyer on Your Terms, and we will have a thread posted there just to have a discussion on this. And I think it's I think it's important to hear different perspectives, not feeling like you need to take that opinion on as your own, but just to get a different perspective that maybe it's going to serve you or maybe it's not. But we can all definitely grow and expand by hearing each other's thoughts on this topic and also hearing about the way that other women, other female lawyers are endeavoring it, endeavoring to have it all on their terms. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and I hope you will join me next week. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me and really help us grow if you would take a moment to go to your podcast app where you listen and leave us a review. If you know a lawyer who you think would enjoy this podcast, please take a screenshot of your favorite episode and send it to them or tag them in a post. And before we leave, I just want to remind you that you are more than just a lawyer and you can lawyer on your own terms. I'll see you next week.